Hey everybody, welcome to St. Stephen's Online. We hope you enjoy catching up on our talk from Sunday. Unusually tonight, rather than looking at one passage from the Bible, which we generally do in our talks and open that up, um, I asked Jan if she would read these three standalone verses, which for me have felt very significant uh, on the theme I want to speak about tonight, which is perceiving new things. Perceiving new things. The Lord says to his people through the prophet Isaiah in that Old Testament verse, see, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And there's a really simple shape to this talk I want to offer you tonight. First of all, I'd love to share with you, and this I suppose is slightly personal tonight, a little bit of the journey of how I've felt led over the past year, along with my family, to a new role that I'm going to be starting in September. I really want to share that with you because, well, first of all, you've been our church family for the past 14 years. So we want you to know, Emma and I want you to know something of our journey. And because we would really value your prayers as we prepare to make the move to the new thing that's coming for us. Secondly, I really don't want this to be really about me and my story. I hope that in sharing something of my testimony around this, it might help you to make some connections with how God is at work and how he's led and guided you in the past and perhaps how he may be even leading and guiding you in the present. And then secondly, I want to reflect briefly on perceiving new things here at St. Stephen's. And in essence, I want to encourage all of you um, that if you're not being called on to something new and different elsewhere as a few of us are at this time, then I suggest you're being called to stay here and be part of the new things that I've no doubt God is wanting to bubble up here at St. Stephen's in the chapters ahead, which I'm absolutely sure are going to be really exciting and fruitful ones. So with that introduction, can I jump into the first of those reflections, which is the more personal of the two tonight. So for me, for us as a family, perceiving a call to something new. I think some of you know, um, but if you happen not to know, uh, in September I'm going to be starting in a new role, as I've mentioned, as a school chaplain. I'm going to a school called Dauncey's, which is based in Wiltshire, quite near Devizes. It's a co-ed secondary school with about 800 11 to 18-year-olds and about 300 staff. And my role in a sentence, is to be a pastor to that whole community. I've joked to a few people that Emma and I thought to ourselves, well, our own children, our three children, now just beginning to approach the stage where they're getting into their teenage years. So as we navigate that stage of life, why don't we do do that alongside 800 others who are going through that stage of life as well? Which, when you put it like that, is a bit of a daunting thought. But more seriously, here's the way actually that I've felt and we felt led into it. First of all is a key verse that has been, I think, a signature verse for me really throughout a lot, a long period of my Christian life. I don't know if there's a verse in the Bible that you think is one that has somehow been used by God to get your attention and has sort of been a verse that you've come back to time and time again in your life. Well, for me... That verse is um, one of those ones that Jan read a moment ago from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6 and verse 34, where we read this about Jesus. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
So he began teaching them many things. Something for me, many years ago, about that combination of Jesus being motivated by compassion, in that compassion coming alongside people just as a shepherd wants to come alongside and care for their sheep, and in the context of coming alongside, teaching about the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit used that scripture many years ago to sort of grip my imagination. It was part of the way that over time I felt led, I suppose, to put myself forward for ordination and to become a priest in the Anglican Church. And as I look back on the now 24 years that I've been an ordained priest in the Anglican Church, the last 14 of them here as vicar, I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that I've had in the three different parishes that I've worked in, I suppose to try and exercise something of that compassionate pastoral teaching vocation. I really love the local church. And I really do believe that in so many ways, the local church is the hope of the world. But you know, even back when I was at theological college all those years ago, I wondered if one day that sense of pastoral teaching vocation might be a fit, whether I might one day be a fit, to be worked out in a school as a chaplain. And there was a sort of logic, I think, to that thought in my mind. Again, I've loved that all three of the churches that I've been involved with and served in over the past 24 years have put time and energy and resources and effort into trying to make the church a place that's accessible and relevant to a younger emerging generation. Not, of course, to the exclusion of other generations or ages and stages of life uh, in the local church, but making it a priority to try and think about what it would look like for church to be a space that is safe, relevant, accessible for that younger generation so that they have the opportunity to explore faith and the good news of Jesus for themselves. And I've always thought it's always made sense to me that as well as churches working hard to try and do that as well as we possibly can, so that those young people can come and see for themselves who Jesus is and what he offers, I've always thought, well, alongside that, we also need Christians to be out and about where those younger people are. So if you like, come and see and go and be as two strands of that same desire for younger people and that emerging generation to have the opportunity to hear about and maybe experience for themselves something of the faith that we um, have all been so grateful to have received and understood and embraced. So that was always there as a kind of, I don't know, thought in my mind. And then what happened to me about a year ago was this. I was at a church leader's retreat And we heard a really fascinating presentation on the findings of the biggest ever survey carried out amongst young people, Generation Z, Gen Z, as they're sometimes known. And the survey was overseen by the Barna Group, and it was called the uh, the Open Generation. You can go home and Google it if you like, Open Generation Survey, the Barna Group. And it gave some fascinating insights into what some of those young people think about, amongst other things, Jesus, about justice, about the Bible and a whole range of other topics. And perhaps above all, at that presentation I was part of, the thing that came through to me loud and clear was you don't have to be a cool young dude at the cutting edge of youth culture 
to be able to make a positive contribution towards those young people. I mean, if that really was the requirement, I would clearly be ruling myself out completely. But the encouragement was that actually coming alongside that younger generation in ways that create safety and space for them to explore for themselves the big questions and issues, a sort of significant adult type of role in their lives, I suppose. That has a really valuable and important part to play alongside, of course, the input of the cool young dudes that we need as well. And at the end of that presentation, I was feeling really stirred up and there was an opportunity to be prayed for. And so I put my hand up and said, yeah, I'd love it if someone would come and pray for me. And somebody came over and asked what it was that I would like prayer for. And I said out loud to this person something that I think I'd only probably said out loud to my wife, Emma, as a sort of possibility for the future one day. And I said, look, I just think God might be calling me to be a school chaplain. And to my surprise, as I uttered that sentence, I just sort of melted into tears. I burst into tears. And in that moment, I felt a bit of a realization, a kind of, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this school chaplain thing isn't just a thought that sometimes knocked around in the back of my head, but maybe it is something that the Holy Spirit is now bringing from the back of my mind, more sort of front and center, and something I really need to pay attention to and a nudge that I need to follow. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of something moving a bit from the back of your mind to front and center, perhaps in a time of prayer, and you think, oh, okay, God, I think you're really in this, and I need to do something about it. And the rest, as they say, I guess, from that moment on is history. I began to explore some school chaplaincy roles, and that's led to us moving to Dauncey's school in a month's time. With all of the sadness that we feel as a family in preparing to say goodbye to all that we love about this wonderful church family, all the friends that we've made and all the friends we've made in the wider community as well. But feeling energized too that we're making this move really above all because we've sensed what we think is a nudge from the Holy Spirit in prayer that this is the direction that we should go in for our next chapter. And I guess that's what we all sign up for ultimately, isn't it? As Christians, as followers of Jesus. You know, where are you wanting us to be? How are you leading us? How can I step into what you want me to do and where you want me to be. And the third and the final um, verse that Jan read for us a moment ago from Ezekiel, the Old Testament, kind of obscure little verse tucked away there in chapter three, verse 11. Well, I'm, I'm grateful to Luke Heron sitting there for this verse because this is one that Luke shared with Emma and me and prayed over us a few weeks ago now when we were being prayed for by Luke at the end of a morning service over in that space there in a prayer ministry time. And it's a verse that we've really been holding on to, Emma and I, as we prepare to make this big change for us and our family. You know, our children have all, three children have all been born in the time we've been here. They've never known living anywhere else than the home that we're in, and they've never known another church. And so it's a big move for us as a family. But this verse where um, we read, uh, go now to your people in exile and speak to them and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. Emma and I keep coming back to this verse because we do sense that call to go and share something of the Lord's love and grace amongst a school community, many of whom may be in exile in the sense of not having fully discovered where or how to be truly at home in God's love for them. And trusting that, as it puts it in this verse, whether we feel listened to or not listened to, uh, God will... Do as he sees fit with those seeds that we'll be trying to sow as best we can 
for his kingdom. And can I just say on that note, if you happen to be here last Sunday, I'm so grateful that you took a moment, I think, to pray in the service last Sunday. I wasn't here because I was at the new school I'm going to. I was uh, at the new pupils day and I was speaking briefly at that. Um, There were about 100 children there and there were about two or 300 um, parents and staff as well. And it was a really fabulous opportunity for me just to say a few things briefly about the ways in which I hope to try and be a chaplain and a pastor to that whole school community. And personally, I took a real encouragement from the fact that after I'd shared my little bit a bit later in the day, uh, a parent sort of sidled up to me. They also happened to be someone that had worked at the school previously. Uh, And they said they were kind enough to say that my little talk was just the breath of fresh air uh, that the school needs. So I'm just so grateful that you were praying and please do keep on praying for us. We're gonna need all the prayers and any spare prayers you've got as we move and settle in and get started. So that's us, and I don't want tonight to be really about me, but in sharing something of the story, we do want you to to know that story, but I hope sharing something of how we felt led might connect for you in terms of some of the ways you can see the Lord's guiding in your lives too, and maybe at this particular point. But if that's us, let me then secondly, and a bit more briefly, uh, say a word about perceiving new things here at St. Stephen's. For all of you who are called to stay, and be part of the next chapters here. It probably won't have escaped your attention if you've been around in recent times that we have found ourselves in a period at the moment sending out quite a few different people from St. Stephen's onto new things in different places. And to be honest, probably a few more in one go than we might have anticipated six months ago. But all for such good and exciting reasons. So just to mention a few of them, Um, Our curate, Dave, and his family sent out of St. Stephen's a couple of Sundays ago with about a dozen people from this congregation to go and form a graft team, joining with uh, the congregation at All Saints Isleworth, uh, where Dave has been uh, priested, uh, licensed now as priest in charge. There's a picture there on um, the screen of Dave's priesting, which I was at on Thursday night. I know it looks a bit like this picture comes from the 16th century, but it was actually, (laughs) I don't quite know why it's got this sort of Reformation type look about it, but it actually was just last Thursday. But it was such a happy occasion. And Dave, as you can imagine, just spoke brilliantly and so warmly, honoring so well all the previous chapters in the life of that church. And, And just in the way that Dave does, just beginning to cast vision there for the future. He was actually only meant to be giving the notices, but he just couldn't really rein himself in from, I think, beginning to cast vision for what the new chapters in that church might look like. And then yesterday, two of our four ordinands were ordained at St. Paul's Cathedral. Hugely exciting, and have started today in their new churches. So Yvette Dixon at St. Richard's Hanworth and Mike English at All Souls St. Margaret's. Next Sunday, as we've already heard, we'll be saying a massive and a huge thank you to Josh, who's been our youth pastor here and been involved in our youth work over the past seven years. He's taking up a a new role as he and Laura move to the States, and Josh is going to be working with young people in America. And we're also going to be thanking Fiona Smith, who's been our social transformation pastor, as she prepares to take up a full-time social action role at Hope Church in Hounslow, again, a church that we helped to replant and re-establish about 10 years ago, and that we have ongoing partnership with in a variety of ways. So that's quite a few of us, isn't it, as a staff team, uh, feeling a call, perceiving a call to new things elsewhere at this time. But, but, 
all of those and others too are going because the Spirit is calling. And it's entirely in keeping with our calling as a resourcing church in the Diocese of London to be sending people out from here for the wider building up of God's church and his kingdom. And if you've been around for any length of time at St. Stephen's, and even if you haven't, I hope you've heard the stories from people who have. Over so many years and even decades, we have seen God's faithfulness and generosity and provision as we've tried to be open-handed and generous in giving out and giving away. Of course, alongside that, practically, we have been putting plans in place to cover some of the gaps that we're going to find ourselves living with in the short term. And some St. Stephen's ministry activities will have to be consolidated for a period of time ahead of ambitions for future new growth. But as we look forward today, as we were praying about a moment ago, tomorrow, um, as you all know, is the day of interviews for St. Stephen's next vicar. So please do be praying tomorrow for all the candidates and for all those on the interviewing panel. Next Sunday morning at our nine o'clock service, uh, Reverend Matt Ineson, who's married to our bishop, Bishop Emma, the Bishop of Kensington. Uh, Matt's going to be licensed to us here at St. Stephen's, uh, which means that he'll be giving what time he can as an ordained minister to us here at St. Stephen's in and around um, the very busy full-time job he has elsewhere. It's also really exciting. We've got two new interns starting with us in September and a new Ordinan too. So the cavalry are already beginning to arrive. And it's also encouraging that new people actually the whole time are continuing to be drawn into St. Stephen's, whether it's through the midweek activities or our Sunday services. I got to meet some of the most recent newcomers at our latest welcome tea, which we had just a few weeks ago. And as you also know, but just to remind you, Rachel Bedford will become the acting vicar after my final Sunday services here, which are going to be on the morning of Sunday, July the 23rd, until the next vicar is licensed. So I guess as a church, we're, to borrow now an analogy from the world of athletics, we're entering that exchange zone. Do you know on the running track, that sort of box that's marked out, where in a relay race, person that's been running one leg of the relay arrives with the baton and begins to hand it on to the person that's going to take the baton and run the next leg. And of course, in our context, as we think about the life of the church, it's not really about one person passing a baton on. It's about all of those who've been involved in the most recent leg of the race and all those who are going to be part of taking the baton forward in the future. And to navigate that exchange zone really well as a church, can I encourage you, and I'm sure you're doing this already, but first of all, to be praying, number one. Secondly, to to have a positive confidence in how God will lead and guide and provide for this church in the future. And thirdly, to be patient, because it will take a little bit of time, some weeks and probably some months, for the new shape of things to emerge. So prayer positive confidence and a little bit of patience too will be really helpful, I think, in then this church perceiving together in due course those new things that God is wanting to bubble up in this really special church in the chapters to come. If I was to sum all of that up, it would be 
like this. I think the Lord wants to remind those of you who are feeling a call to stay that what he says through the prophet Isaiah, the verse I began with, see I'm doing a new thing, do you not perceive it, applies just as much here to St. Stephen's and what lies ahead in the coming weeks and months as it does to those of us who are feeling a call to move literally to a new setting and a new context elsewhere. To put it another way, the Lord, who let's remember is the head of the church anyway, has got all of this in his hands. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you found that encouraging. Have a great week and see you soon.